Welcome to Here for the Health of It. Um, Want to just say thanks to all our listeners, um, all those of you guys that have subscribed and you're following us on Instagram and giving us reviews. We notice that stuff and we appreciate it. So we're excited. We have Casey Plouffet. If you're French Canadian, that's how you announce it, <laughs> pronounce bless. it, she said. Yeah. Uh, and shout out to Morgan who introduced us. She's, she said, we have to have you on the podcast. And this so this is how she introduced you to us. She said, um, started out as a stripper, mm -hmm. then turned into an RN, registered nurse, then turned self-made multimillionaire, yeah. and then turned into a pastor and founded your own church, which is outside of any current denomination right now. Correct. All right. So that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> and still young, right? You're, it's not like you're 65 years old and right. lived a whole life here. 36 years young. Nice. Wow. So... Bring us back then to the beginning. Let's start at the beginning of this. So <laughs> you were, yeah. So you were, how old when that started <laughs> okay. and how did that whole Let's all work? Let's stripper questions. <laughs> okay. So I was hanging out and we were in a strip club and, you know, partying and young. And when I, <laughs> my poor sister, I would take her ID when she was 18 and I was 16. So okay. I could begin to go in anywhere, right? And this one girl one time was like, oh my gosh, you can make some money. <laughs> And it was just like partying, you know? And so I was like, okay. And I've always been a very free spirit. I could honestly be like in a nudist colony and like all good with that. I just love the human body. And I think okay. it's beautiful, especially okay. a woman's body, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was it. And I was like, okay, make some money. So I actually first started at 16. Wow. Yes. How was fake that allowed? ID. Oh, with, <laughs> with a fake, fake ID. ID. So my name is actually not on record. Da -da. <laughs> Morgan was actually a stripper. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So that that's how it started. And it and was, was there ca fun. casting for that? Or oh, no. I, I'm assuming they that did very girl. minimal if they didn't even check to see that it was really you. I mean, they checked the uh, me and Morgan look a lot alike. Okay. So, yeah, it was, you know, looked at it and I had this whole thing made. Like, I didn't think I had like her checkbook, you know, all sad. Like, I was, you know, resourceful. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I want to make some money. I mean, you know, I think at the time too, working, it was like, Six dollars something minimum wage, six seventy five. You know that An doesn't hour? pay much, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah. when I saw that, and it was just like a party, dancing, getting paid, cash. a yeah. lot of cash for a sixteen year old. That was whoa, and yeah. So it just kind of started started there. Yeah. Now, obviously, I was still in high school and all that. Definitely had more money than any of my friends. What, at that that's point. what I was wondering. Like <laughs> your high, like talk me through your high school friends. What are they like? And you know, I didn't have a ton of high school friends. Okay. So I definitely wasn't like part of the in crowd, I guess you could say. And I never really felt that attractive either. So I think being in there and then being like desired and, you know, all of that, just growing up and red hair and freckles and you know how cruel kids can be and women. I can't imagine being a girl on social media today. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, I had kind of my party friends. And by the, I've had many guardian angels my whole life though. And yeah, that was, it was, you know, just sporadic at that point. And that's the great thing about a job like that. You just go in when you want. There's right. no schedule. You, you actually pay to work. So strippers actually, you go in and you pay, it's like a house fee. And okay. based on what time you arrive is like how much you have to pay. So if you get, the earlier you get in, the less you have to pay, oh, et cetera. Yeah. Certain, I didn't know yeah. that. So we always thought they like categorized 
women. <laughs> they might, yeah. And by we, I mean I've heard right. that there's like A, B, C, and then it's like, oh, it's a Monday night. Who's going to be there? It's not the A team. And, you know, it depends on like which club, you know, right. too, and like what level clubs you're working at. Um, so, yeah, but that's mainly how, how it does work is that you do pay a house fee. So it's very flexible as far as when going, you're like, hey, I'm staying the night over at so-and-so's house, you know. Um, so and yeah, but that's how it started. Right. And wow. how was your first night? Was it training? Oh, no, you just you're on the floor. Just dive right in. That's it. Is the right move to do drugs or drink or like what's the like I feel like you have to have a mindset to roll into that and like be in party mode, or was that more just your personality? It's, I, both. Both. You yeah. know, both. Yeah, I definitely was a partier. So mm -hmm. yeah. The drugs, alcohol, <laughs> all of that was definitely a part of uh my life. Um, and yeah, and it's, it, you know, it's strange that people always think, oh my gosh, did you have like a horrible upbringing? I mean, my parents are absolutely amazing, yeah. you know? So there was none of those common issues. I think for me getting in there of like this dark night of the soul, I mean, I loved it. It was invigorating. It was, you felt empowered. It was an empowering thing for me. I mm -hmm. learned at a very young age money mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, it was, and I remember when I first became a nurse, it was like, oh my gosh, I just had to work an hour and didn't even get paid what I got paid for one song. Right. I was like, I, that is wild. So it's like my <laughs> concept of money. I was like, what? This is not for me. <laughs> well, so then did it change your perspe perspective on men? For sure. Yeah, In I was like, all men are pieces of, I don't know, do we cuss on this? Yeah, oh yeah. All men can. are pieces of shit. Was, yeah. um, and, I, you know, I met a couple nice guys in mm -hmm. there that um, friends with still some people today, you know, that just yeah. you you network, right? I mean, it's a networking thing and, and people, but it's for the most part, yeah, it really showed me. I was like, I'm not looking for a man. So I just, it's, it's, I was not looking for a husband mm -hmm. when I found one either, but. Mm -hmm. And was there, a was there a target? Sorry, I know I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> was there a demographic that you found, okay, I'm in the 60 to 70 year old category or I'm in the high-end businessman category party. or bachelor party category i'm in the high-end business category really yeah mm -hmm. those were the ones that you know come for a good time and of course you had your bachelor parties and all right. those things i mean and the guys were were not the people at the club i had a great experience with it you know so no i don't know if you've seen like requiem for a dream um it's like a, whole, a very sad movie where it portrays strippers in a very very ugly no. light okay. um but you know, there's also, and I'm sure that there was a lot of people that were going through, you know, dark nights and, you know, I'm sure doing, you know, shooting up and all those things. Yeah. But this was a very bright, you know, not like dark like that. It was fun. It was a party and there's, you know, titties and yay. Mm. <laughs> so, so you did, did that for eight years then. And then you decided at some point you wanted to become a registered nurse. Go to school. So, you know, and I was going to school and, and did it all through, you know, college and everything like that. And then when I did put out a book, I finally told my father, um, you know, because I'm really close with him. So, you know, you don't want so to disappoint your dad. Mm -mm. The whole eight years. No. Wow. Yeah. And then you wrote a book about it to surprise him. <laughs> hey, dad. <laughs> so. Uh, wow. What's yeah. the name of the book? Yeah. So it's it was a anthology like where you come together with people and it was called a journey of riches journey of and riches. making changes. 
So it was like where I co-authored a book and I'm actually um, co-authoring another one about awakening to your inner truth right now that releases on April 30th. Sweet. Cool. So, so you kind of alluded to it. So like going from, I guess, fantasy would fantasy world to like real life RN. What was that transition like? Like, how did you, how did you then settle in and give up stripping? I, well, I did see women that were older that were still in it. Now, it wasn't quite rec room for a dream style, right. but still, you know, you're not young like that forever, you know? So right. that, that's a young woman's game, I would say. <laughs> not and, a career move. Not a career yeah. move, exactly. And so, yeah, I just I became a nurse. I took one of those, you know, tests. It's like, what do you want to do? And I was at um, tech for a while, yeah. just kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, oh, you'd be a great nurse. My grandma used to always talk to me. You should go to training, be a nurse. Mm-hmm. She was a nurse. And yeah, I just, I've always loved people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was just kind of it. Just started going to school for it. And, and what, well, I want to know what your first day in the hospital was <laughs> I like. I almost passed out in a woman's vagina when I was trying to put a Foley in her. <laughs> <laughs> That was my first day. <laughs> I remember my face was probably like the red as a tomato and like you're down and it's very different doing a Foley for a woman than a man, yep. you know, yeah. so you gotta like search. <laughs> and, so, and that was it. That was my first, I was like, please don't, you know that feeling when you get like, you're about to pass out. Yeah. And I mean, I literally would have like planted in her crotch. Just straight forward. Yeah. In. Oh so God. That was it. Um, <laughs> didn't expect that answer. <laughs> That's the one brain, thing that remembered. My brain's just going a mile a minute. But I was working as a student nurse tech as well, too, to, because I really wanted to get into ICU critical care. Mm-hmm. And so I was also doing that, um, you know, also kind of with the phase in. So I guess my first day in nursing, like once I got to the ICU, too, I guess that was actually when I was a student nurse tech. Now that I'm thinking of that, but I, I was in the hospital for a right. little bit too, you know, but that first in ICU, um, yeah, it was cause you know, you do clinicals and stuff too. Yeah. So you're yeah. in there. So, but how long paycheck you was something. Yeah. Four years. Four years. <laughs> I was in college longer than I was in <coughs> my career. <laughs> and so during that, was that when you just started learning about the body and, and kind of your start starting to formulate your view on healthcare and medicine and all that? Yep, for sure. So, I mean, I used to be, you know, I was in the, the medical indoctrination, yeah. you know, like for sure. And um, so started in the critical care ICU, um, which, you know, m- modern day medicine is beautiful. Trauma medicine, emergency medicine, you know, it's 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 amazing. It's a miracle. You know, I've solved transplants before. That's a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the whole thing is I injured my back and the doctor said, you got one back, get out. And there's Kyra. I have a love for chiropractors. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I applied for the only opening in children's hospital that I saw, which was pediatric oncology. And when I started working mm-hmm. with kids with cancer, that's what transformed my life um, because I went on my own personal journey too. So I experienced a, a cellular cleanse and fasting. I wanted to lose a little bit of weight. And I just, I had had this like right-sided discomfort. And when I started cleansing and I was in and out of doctors for it too. And like, nobody could tell me what was wrong, but something was wrong. And after I really did a cleanse and nutrition, I mean, this mental clarity, this energy, and just all discomfort went away from my body. And I was like, what is in this stuff? And that's where it started. I read a book by Dr. Sherry Rogers, who was a medical doctor um, that left medicine to detox people. 
and um, it was called Detoxify or Die. And that's the book that opened my eyes to the absolute corruption of big pharma. And I was witnessing and I'm watching these children die. And I'm watching these children, you know, and then I learn about, okay, uh, sugar and alkalinity. Right. And I'm watching these kids get hit down with chemo and then taken Sprite, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh my gosh, we're just putting gasoline on their little fire they have going. Right. And so it was just this wake up call and that started my... My, uh, my journey of holistic wellness. Well, it's, and it's cool that you bring that up because people ask us, is there tension between the chiropractic community and the medical community? And generally we say we're close friends with the trauma world (laughs) and the emergency medicine world. Even you even, you're even married to someone in the trauma world. Um, but then when it comes to the and let's say primary care where they're essentially just dispersing medications, but not talking about the lifestyle aspect of why they're getting sick or the cause of why the person's getting sick. That's where there generally becomes tension. So it sounds like you felt that way too. They would tell me, they would be like, oh my gosh, no, like water, like, you know, learn about alkalinity for like these little bodies. And they'd be like, don't talk to the parents about that. You're putting hogwash in their head, you know? And it's just like, and I was seeing it. And then like, once that starts and you learn about like, you know, the CDC and the who, which I honestly think COVID has awakened Mm -hmm. a sleeping giant, Mm -hmm. you know, in uh, in the hearts of a lot of people with realizing the type of corruption and, and deep state indoctrination throughout all of those wellness institutions, yeah. AKA keep you sick, keep you a lifelong, you know, patient right. and yeah. Right. Well, even vitamin D, we <laughs> used to get made fun of right. in 2010. I remember medical doctors saying vitamin D is ridiculous. You shouldn't even or talk about vitamins, vitamins or yeah. vitamins period. Yeah. They said we're just expensive urine. And now here we are 12 years later and most medical doctors are now testing vitamin D and Sub, quote unquote, subscribing vitamin D. They're on the vitamin D train and even the vitamin B12 right. train. Right. Whereas 10 or 12 years ago, they wouldn't even talk about it yeah. or think about it. Well, it's like if they can bill for it and collect, then they test for it right. type of thing. But if they can't bill something, then it's like, well, because it's mind blowing to think like, yeah, why aren't we getting food sensitivities tested? Like we're eating every day. That would be a good general physical to like find out what should I eat and what shouldn't I eat with my body. That's not covered. So then they don't look into that. But when you actually, when I started like kind of having that awakening where it's like all the metrics that they're using for health, where did they come from? And why are we still using them? When you get your height checked, your weight checked, your blood pressure, your family, even family history and things that they just utilize um, and your age and stuff that we can't change. They're using that to keep us in a system without us just being like, well, like you're saying, like, can I just drink water? Can I rest? (laughs) You know, like stuff that's pretty fundamental and shouldn't be challenged by anybody that's like that's stood the test of time for hundreds of years. And this new pill that just came out in the last couple of years, we're putting all of our faith in that. Then historically what how animals have been living forever (laughs) So I'm with you like so but I'm I'm always curious about this like so when you started having this awakening and you have people that are close to you that we all or at least or most of us grew up in more of that medical mindset of like they're on a pedestal what they say goes the you know they're in the white coats they're the smart people how did you start communicating with your your close circle and then and then what did you find was easy to 
and not necessarily easy, but how, what are the challenges that you found and solved to communicate that to the masses? You know, I just thank God every day for having a personal challenge and a personal ailment so I could have a personal testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, like when mm-hmm. I was in and out of doctors and thinking, okay, like, do I need to like have like some surgery to like go inside and see what's going on, right? And be in earth, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Cut yourself yep. open, <laughs> do something laparoscopic. Yeah. And after nutrition impacted me, it's like, there was nobody that could tell me otherwise at that point. You know what I'm saying? There was nobody that could say, hey, no, you're crazy. It's like I, right. I went through it, you, you know, right? It, I yeah. experienced it. And so at that point, you know, my conviction was so strong now. And then, you know, I guess I've just been blessed always to kind of march to the beat of my own drum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was getting a lot of pushback or, oh, you know, again, don't talk, talk about that and patience and da 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 Don't put hogwash in your head. You know, it's like, here, take this chemo, take this pill, da 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 um, And so it was just like, I just knew. I knew that I knew that I knew. And I also knew that I couldn't stay in, in medicine anymore. You know, I felt, I, there came a point where I felt like I was killing the children right. when I would hang that chemo. Mm-hmm. And it was the chemo that killed the children, you know, that ultimately like is what you see now. Right. And now of course you saw also people here. And that's not to say like, if I had a child with cancer, I don't know what I would do until I was in that moment. And based on what, you know, stage and all those things, there's zero judgment. Everybody's doing the best they can at that moment. I truly believe that. But I had to align. So I aligned with a company of holistic nutrition and I just got busy because I had to get out of it. So there really wasn't even like trying to convince people or trying to mold my current circle. It was like, I need a new circle, Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, that's good. and I need to align with people that are about that. And I need to become that. And so I just rolled up my sleeves and I told everybody, I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire in this company. Like that I found They're like nutrition is amazing. They have this great conversation plan and people laughed at me, you know, and I was like, watch it. Mm-hmm. And I did it. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you utilize a lot of their protocols and tools to to for your own personal healing during that? Or yep, for yeah. sure, for yeah. sure. And then I just you know became an overall student. Yeah, you know? that's so, awesome. Yeah. And what like to back to what you're saying, like as a nurse and you're feeling that, what percentage of nurses or or medical providers do you think have that? I don't know if it's gut feeling or they're witnessing things that are like that's people aren't getting well but here I am, this is my livelihood of working here. And they just don't have the courage to to leave or start over or question. What percentage of people do you think that is? I think in life, it's probably, you know, they say like 95%, you know? High, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. high. And it's just fear, right? Mm-hmm. With fear, there's scarcity comes in or, you know, yeah, it was, I was spent six years in college and here I'm just about to like let that degree go. Right, right. You know, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, it's, but yeah, I just remember the time it came to renew my license and I was like, fuck that. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Because well, it's, see, I feel like, yeah, when it comes back to, um, you know, change is the hardest thing for them. And so since they've put all that work into it, they would rather challenge and fight tooth and nail and try to silence than actually question what they truly believe. 100%. And that's what's so uh, in, like the I've found that the medical providers that are open to at least let's just talk. Like it's it's weird like they don't even want to talk. So right. like he was saying if if there's this like headbutting with holistic and it's like, well, let's talk about what you guys do and what we do. Let's hear some of our stories and read some of our testimonials of people that get well. 
Let's compare, you know, those sort of things. But that conversation just doesn't want to be had because we're the nutbags. Yeah, like we're, you're, you're nut. Yeah. And, <laughs> you're, and you're focused on sunlight, food, nutrition, water. You're crazy. Right. Well, and <laughs> I remember lost it. I remember the first medical doctor I had, this was, I was probably three or four years in practice, come in and he was getting his entire family adjusted and he was getting adjusted, but wouldn't recommend it or talk about it to any of his patients because it was outside the norm. And it was the same way that they were talking to you. Mm-hmm. Don't say this to anybody. Whatever you do on your own time is up to you. But it was incongruent because he was getting um, adjusted or he would eat a certain way or he was doing certain things that he wasn't necessarily recommending to his patients. And not because he didn't want to, but because within the scope of his practice in the hospital, he was only allowed to do certain things for certain issues. And he was worried about getting fired or getting sued or his malpractice not covering him if he went into a different direction than just what everyone else is telling him he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw on YouTube um, doc, uh, Senator Ron Johnson, the second opinion, where doctors were talking about that were really speaking up for like vitamin D and things like that mm-hmm. with the recent pandemic, you know, of COVID. And it was just like the corruption that's going on right, right now within – it is a big business. And there's good doctors, good intention. You know, there really is. But it's like we – we have to begin to peel these layers back. And it's like, you know, you do take an oath to do no harm. So to not look at things or to completely just turn a blind eye and like the suppression of certain like early treatments and therapeutics, right? Even in medicine, right? Mm -hmm. For that, it was just like, I mean, to not talk about vitamin D, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they were talking about that. You should watch it. And these doctors, like we're being, we're on a witch hunt. They're witch hunting us. When we talk about it, they're trying to take our license away. So doctors, even that 5% or maybe it's 20% and they're just scared to death mm-hmm. to be, you know, shunned or to then be made an example of. Right. And I think that that's really, you know, where people, where we can come in as a community and demand that of our MDs and demand, like, I want you to look at this. I want you to look at that. Ask questions. Yeah. Yes. And just, and to be, you have to be your own advocate. You have to be, you know? And so it's like, I think of of asking your, your doctors and, um, you know, to, to look at these more holistic things and, and, and then find one that does, because there are some. Yeah. And, well, and I think the struggle is standard of care. It's not even the the doctors. And I, well, to like rewind, they're not, most of them aren't bad people. None mm-hmm. of them are going in being like, I can't wait to harm this child For or sure. this, right? Yeah. And so we don't think that. The problem is the standard of care that they're bubbled into dictates what they can and can't do. 100%. And the standard of care is what you're saying, like the CDC and these, and pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. that's who's actually uh, constricting these doctors that may want to be like, let take vitamin D and go see a chiropractor yep. and drink water. They can't really do that because it's like, well, my standard of care says you came in with ABC. I punch that into a computer essentially. And I give you this XYZ drug yep. because if I don't, I go to jail yep. because I'm not following standard of procedure, yep. standard of care. So I'm with you. Like we try to teach people your health, your number one priority it's the, it, and you're the only one responsible for it. So yep. who you choose to take advice from is on you. So yes, go to your medical doctor, go to your pediatrician, go explore other, th- and ask them the questions because you're going to find very quickly 
They fumble. They don't have answers. They don't know what, because it is just computer driven standard of care stuff. Like back in the day where computers weren't around, doctors were more like us where we're like, you had to know stuff and you had to use nature <laughs> and you had to like read books <laughs> right. and, and use stories and, and like this worked for this person. Now it's computer shit. So it's like, I, oh, I punched it in the computer and the computer's telling me what to do. You don't really need to be a doctor anymore. Right. You could be literally just a, you know, poke it in the computer and you show up and you sign some papers. Yep. So I've, I've seen um, the level of intelligence of doctors, in my opinion, decrease significantly because they're not allowed to do what they they, they don't have autonomy. They don't. Yeah, it's you know, completely yes. the standard of care coming down from those big things. And it's like, and if you don't do it, you know, and insurance companies are a big factor, too, I think, because if you're just a average person and you have insurance, you're probably going to go the route that insurance covers. Correct. And generally, that's go to your MD. It it covers your medications. Yeah. And then when that doesn't work, it covers your surgery. And then when that doesn't work, it covers your next surgery. So there has to be this different way of thinking for the patient, not just to ask the questions, but then to say, where do I go if I'm not going down the insurance road, right. which I think is a roadblock for a lot of people too. A hundred percent. And you know, I, and I get that. And that's why we have to always ask, how can we afford it? What can we do to create right. Mm -hmm. right. the abundance in our life? Yeah. So let's talk more about your journey because it's like just so it's wild to me still. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> it and is. I'm only talking about it. <laughs> and you're 36. Like the fact that you're 36 and yeah. it's like because what you what you describe people would generally think like the way you're pivoting and what's cool is like listening to yourself and and pivoting to what you feel convicted about is important because I don't think people have the courage to pivot when it comes to like, this isn't right. I need to do something about it. It's more like, this isn't right. Let me hang in here for a little <laughs> bit until somebody does. All right. Um, you're actually making change. So when, when you transitioned to the wellness company mm -hmm. and you became a multimillionaire in that, you started utilizing nutrition and just uh, doing your own research on like what works to heal people, right? Yep. When did you start... Um, like doing retreats and and speak about some of the retreats and things that you've you've kind of incorporated yeah. in over the years. Um, I love retreats. So I went to a retreat called Follow Your Bliss in St. George, Utah, and I learned the power of my breath. It was like, where have you been? <laughs> you know, your breath um, oxygenate, and that's experience impacted my life. I, I'm like the perfect world's network marketer because when something impacts my life and I love it, like you're going to hear about it, you know, yeah. it's, it's the best business model really. And so, yeah, I just wanted to pay that forward and share that experience that I had. It was this community and this gathering, you know, I'm obsessed with the word communion, um, communication, community, communion, and people are just desperate for communities right now of people that, you know, are aligned with them or that offer them hope or, you know, they feel like they can fit in, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, I just started doing it. And, um, I had a, a mentor as a great podcast mechanic to millionaire. If you guys have not heard that, that was Dave MacArthur was a great mentor of mine, um, with the power of my thoughts and that I am a divine being and that I can literally create anything if I will commit to mastering my mindset. And 
I began that. I was like, what do I have to lose? Like 90 days, let's go. And I remember my first five figure month after I started applying his principles. And I was like, whoa, this works. <laughs> Another like, testimony. Money. <laughs> it's <Finally. back. laughs> Now we're talking, right? And then the network marketing have residual income right. too. So then it's making money while you're sleeping. Yes. And I'm like, this is better than stripper money. Yeah. Yes. I had to go work for that, party for that. <laughs> this is money while you sleep. Yes. Now we're Love on that. to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was helping people and bringing people together. And so, yeah, I just started doing retreat after retreat. And the feedback was great. And I really grew my my organization through retreats and community. Um, and, yeah, and that's how And started. maybe can you speak to the breathing side of it? What mm-hmm. did you feel when you first did it? And then what was the difference afterwards? I, I saw the light of God. You know, it's the experience of when you, if you see God, uh, the burning bush, (laughs) you know, I I ran, I grew up in Catholic school. I ran from Catholicism. I ran from Christianity. The word Jesus, like, you know, I didn't, I did not align with traditional religion, but it was like this spirituality that came to me. And when that light from within through my breath, it was like I was oxygenated with the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, how long can you live without breathing? Not long. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody's ever held someone while they've passed or an animal, that light is there and then it's gone. It's that breath. You know, you can live. I, I life point patients. I was the nurse for brain dead people, but their heart was beating and oxygen going in. Like that is the life, not the brain, not mm-hmm. the. And so it was just like this remembering of this, this holiness within. And I just, yeah, you know, very different than like the yoga type, um, just breathing. It's just that focus on your breath. Um, I don't know if you guys know Morgan, she's a phenomenal breath practitioner. I don't know if you guys have ever breathed well, I with her. her. Yeah. I want her to, I want to breathe with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling want- you, it's incredible. We did one for some friends this past week. You just... You can't explain it until you you go through it, but so like I because I've done a little bit of of that dabbled, let's mm-hmm. say, and I, my how do you get the brain to shut off too? Because I feel like sometimes I'm just like this isn't working. Oxygenate. What am I doing? Just keep you, just keep uh, this is a very different. It's not like just a centering. Like it is it is we call it breath work. You work it. It's very intentional. How long? Like what's a about session? an hour? Hour. Of yeah, just- about an hour to an hour and a half of you know moving into it, going through, and you know wrapping up. But um, yeah, that was I. I had to share that stuff. I had to share it. Mm-hmm. I went down to the Costa Rican jungle and you know breathing down there, and then that's where I found like plant medicines. And but it was my breath that really guided me, and it was after my breath that then I found Dave MacArthur. It was just like that infinite possibility. And was it Wim Hof type thing? Because I feel like he has the market cornered on breathing right now. Uh, Yep. Iceman. Um, There's parts of it. I'm very familiar with Wim Hof. I've done some thing. How many pushups can you do? And, you know, cold water and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is, I've never gone to one of his retreats, so I can't speak to that. Um, But yeah, there's some same principle. I think it's like we are in these miracles. You guys know that the human body is an absolute miracle. Right. And what it can do and how it can heal. And it's just but oxygen. And then, oh, my gosh, all the masks, you know, that people are in, like not being able to breathe. And right. These children. And it's like it is. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, that's how I feel. I feel that breath is the Holy Spirit. So it's just this this communion. So, yeah, I had to pay it forward. Had to, had to, had cool. to. Cool. Yeah. It is. Well, it's interesting because, again, it goes back to it's something we do all the time and we don't think about. 
like we're breathing all the time. We don't think about how efficient it is. We don't think in a, think about like the, unless we're out of breath, right. right? Where we're like running or it hits us abruptly. But it is something if we could become better at breathing. So is your, is your day-to-day like working on breathing and posture and- I try, you know, yeah. I, I try to be very aware of that and have just awareness around it. Or like, you know, if I'm not ready or just a couple, like even just, Three, like if you're listening right now, I mean, just do it for a second. Mm-hmm. Like take a moment, pause, and just take in a deep breath. It just is a centering thing, do you, you know? What if you, can I, should I breathe out of my mouth? <laughs> I always wonder, does it matter nose or mouth? You know, they say breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. There's so many different right. modalities of breath. Mm-hmm. I say trust your higher. I'm a big person. I always say, what does your higher self mm-hmm. say that you should be doing? Yes. And if you ask your higher self, it will let you know. You know what my higher self's been telling me recently? <laughs> what? Tom's higher self. So I got those nose strips. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't generally, I don't have sleep issues or anything like that. But my wife's pregnant and snoring. So she... <laughs> It happened. She actually got them. I'm like, well, let me try them. And I'm not kidding. I mean, I have big nostrils. I put those on and for the last probably six days, I can't, I'm, I don't think I'm ever not going to wear them. Meaning like <laughs> when I'm sleeping, I feel like I'm breathing in, like I'm in deep sleep and I'm just getting tons of air in there. Mm. And I think that was the higher self and the higher self brought you this week, right? <laughs> exactly. See, it's all coming together. I, and I'm a big I'm a big believer in law of attraction and I personally like do the affirmations and vision boards and all that stuff because I think it is it, it, it does all work. But I've always tried to and when people ask it's like how do you separate the fakers from the like what you found? It sounds like you've been to real retreats and met real people living this, doing the breath work. Um, speak of some of the other retreats and plant medicines and that kind of stuff, because that's it. That's the stuff that the listeners don't, we've heard of, or, or they may hear about it, but then it's like quickly in one ear out the other, like that's crazy. And you know, that doesn't really exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you open? You know, I mm-hmm. think that that's a huge thing. It's, you know, a question, I mean, am I open or am I closed? And, you know, when you're open, you can receive a lot. When you're closed, you can't receive anything. And so, and I always just say like, what does that feel like? What's the resonance that you're beginning to feel when you hear about this? There is that inner truth that we all can, you know, tap into and just feel it's like this, this feeling, but, um, and I didn't necessarily have a intention of really doing plant medicine, um, Per se, I was, I'm was. i always open to learning about anything. Um, but when I was down and do, working with the medicine of my breath in Costa Rica, um, a friend of mine that was doing that retreat, she said, hey, I have this amazing woman if you want to participate in an ayahuasca ceremony that, you know, come in and check it out and we'll schedule it. And I was down there with a dear friend of mine, Rhonda, and it was holy. It was, I, I drank the wine that Jesus served at the Last Supper. Finally, there it was. Um, I had communion. <laughs> We're talking communion. Blood of Christ. <laughs> the blood of Christ. That is what I drank. And um, it, it, you die to your old self. You are, I was reborn. I was resurrected. Um, there was a resurrection that happened of an inner awakening 
Um, and again, it was like I had been seeking since that first time I saw like the light of God within, um, you know, years later. And here I am in the, in the Costa Rican jungle. And I kind of, you know, I'd been seeking continuously to get back to that. Um, I think just that first immense feeling of a peace that passes all understanding. And these medicines work, I believe, at a DNA level. To me, it's the most holy, sacred sacrament um, are these plants from Gaia, from Mother Earth. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, 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 the vines and the leaves and the way that the, the people of the, of the rainforest and the Amazon, you know, they, they grow them and they, they harvest them, they sing and they chant around them. And if you've seen the movie Avatar, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know how you plug in, they plug yes. in their main... Mm-hmm. That's what it's not called Awa for, mm. you know, any any reason maybe ayahuasca Awa. So mm. so plug in, and I think Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and a few of the big business world guys have been talking about ayahuasca mm-hmm. and microdosing yep. and that whole almost psychedelic world, and they're I believe they're putting a lot of money into research on it and even talking about PTSD 100%. and addiction and ailments, MS, all these different issues that people are having. And then once again, anecdotally saying, hey, it completely changed my life, but they're having a hard time getting it into a research paper because right. it's it's almost a mindset shift that is hard to study what's happening necessarily. Right. Um, so are you are you talking to anyone or running into anyone who's saying, yes, I'm I want this to be more standardized or is everybody just kind of going on their own journey within that? I, I think the the plant community of people that, you know, are into plant medicine definitely want it to be standard. They, you know, the research, you witness healing, you witness this profound healing of the people that, you know, have gone through depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, PTSD, all mm-hmm. those things. And it's, it's like this it's hard to explain if you haven't done it. I, I encourage everybody to do mm-hmm. it. Um, find definitely a, I wouldn't recommend maybe getting on a, a bus and heading down in the middle of Peru with like hundreds of people right. and like, you know, shamans. I, I don't know. I can't speak to any of that. I've seen some crazy uh, documentaries and heard some crazy stories. I, I don't know about any of those. I've never done one of those experiences with it. It's always been in a very um, small, sacred kind of community um, that I have partaken. But um yeah, it's you want to share it, right? Because it changes your life. So I know that the plant community definitely wants more of that. I would love to see more studies and things, but I'm also a person I'm like, just just go experience yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, <laughs> studies to me are just like, I could care less about what studies yeah. say because every it depends on who writes it, how you want to interpret it. That's what's happening. In our, yeah. So, well, I'm so to that point though, I'm pretty nervous about the idea of even thinking about doing it really why yeah. is that he's not open I, my higher self <laughs> very, he's yeah well in, so close. In, in fairness i probably so am close to doing it myself although i support anybody who wants to do it uh-huh. doing it and i think everybody should be able to do it if they want to do it for sure but it's never crossed my mind and i think this has been true probably across the board where even um thc or marijuana like i I wouldn't go near it and I haven't gone near it because I'm nervous of the effects that it would, <laughs> that Are it would you bring. you a control person? Big time. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a control person. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel you. So, yeah. So, I'm then, so to the, the people who are maybe listening to this that are nervous or in my scenario where I would, 
I would have to be extremely convinced and in an extremely controlled environment to even consider it. What does that look like for that person? Can they go with a one-on-one person who's trained in it somehow? Yep, for sure. And there are churches, like my church is an entheogen church. So my church is legally, you know, an entheogen plant medicine. Like that's our sacrament. You know, it's, it's as holy as when people sit there for communion and they drink the wine, they do the Eucharist. Like that is a sacrament that we use. Um, you know, God bless freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would encourage, you know, everyone again, check in with your higher self. And if there's something that you're just, maybe you just need a little magic in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're just <laughs> wondering. In I, my inner self's <laughs> vibrating. Right now. My just, light is shining. <laughs> just ask yourself. And there are entheogen churches. There's one-on-ones. There's, you know, retreats. There's uh, going down into very small, sacred, you know. I, and again, I don't recommend those huge ones for anyone. Just personally. It's such a deep medicine work. I feel like very small control, you know, environments of where people that understand ceremony, this is a ceremony, you know, that understands sacred geometries that understand uh, that you are crossing the bridge of the other realms that we do not see with our human eye you know, some people do, uh, that have, you know, really activated their third eye, you are crossing a bridge and you are leaving essentially reality as you know it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's also reminding you of how grand and vast and limitless and that it's all handled. Like divinity's timeline is not flawed. Divinity is not making mistakes with anything, Mm -hmm. be it if it's COVID, be it if it's a war, be it if it's, and so you step into this level of peace where you remember you're not in control of anything, (laughs) something else, be it if it's, you know, Christ, if it's Buddha, if it's God, universe, source, whatever that word is for you that connects you to the alpha and the omega that gives life to everything. You develop this awareness of that and it can help even the desire to have to control mm-hmm. maybe things as well mm-hmm. too, but it's just, you'll, you'll only do it when you're ready. That's also how the medicine works is you'll never do it if you're not meant to, and you'll do it when you're ready mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll always receive what you need. Um, but it is, it is a sacred sacrament that we hold very, very dear in my community. Yeah, that's well. And I do remember a, a pastor saying, I know God put plants like marijuana or ayahuasca on this earth for a reason. And I don't think it's so 15 year olds can get stoned and eat Cheetos all day long, but there's probably a uh, medicinal purpose for it. And diving into that, I think the medical world hasn't even touched yet or even thought about, or maybe it's just on the very verge of opening up to that and not just dismissing it immediately. I think so. And, you know, I I believe that we are heading into a golden age of miracles. And I think that everything that's happening that's arising right now and all this viral programming that we're seeing kind of inform as well, too, through bioweapons and viruses, Mm -hmm. and it's all rising to be healed right through this of stepping into this golden age. And I believe that light workers are on this planet like never before people that can tap into consciousness and harness and work with the 
the unseen forces, the mm-hmm. vibrations of light to command miracles. Like I, I believe that fully, that we have the ability to do what Jesus did and to command miracles when we understand that the kingdom of heaven is within these incredible bodies, mm-hmm. the f- sacred flesh and blood. And so medicines like that, like they do say there is a prophecy of white buffalo woman that says when the people return to the medicines of the ancient ones and of the natives, that the golden age of miracles is upon us. And we are returning to these medicine bundles at a very high level, and they are meant to be sacred. Um, you know, the, the marijuana if somebody uses it for prayer, it's a very different experience than just getting high and checking out. Right. And I personally, I, I've gone through addiction, you know, that's also, that's a whole nother story. Um, but it's like when you can use these plants as prayer and ceremony and reverence and respect for communion with the divine versus let me just check out. Anything can be used as a crutch. But with any medicine, the whole point is to essentially not need it at all because you become that resonance and you have it within you. You know, that's the point of all of these medicine bundles, I believe, is that you can use them, but don't don't be don't let them be a crutch either. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, anything can become, you can use it too much and depend on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just it's like opening windows in your house and just being open to the yeah. air that's coming <laughs> you, through you. Are you guys going to come to one so of I am for years? sure. Okay, All right. So, um, so for the – because I'm thinking of the average listener who we've maybe heard of a lot of this stuff. Tell them about like what – when you say plant medicines, what are those? So marijuana, but are there any other things that people sh- – like just words that they may associate with plant medicine? Ayahuasca is probably the most, um, I'd say, common Common. one that people are speaking of Mm -hmm. now. There's also a beautiful African root called iboga. Mm -hmm. Um, There's peyote, which is big in the Native American mm -hmm, peyote. Um, There are then the medicines um, of the frog. So combo. I have heard of this. It's like frog venom almost. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Essentially, it is why it's supposedly the cherished uh, frog of the forest because it really? has no enemies because mm-hmm. of its venom mm-hmm. on it. Um, so, yep, the combo and then Bufo, um, the um, Sahara Desert, the Sanarian Desert. Um, I can't remember which one that is, but I want to say it's the United States. What's that S one? It's desert. psilocybin. Psilocybin. No. Those are the mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, but Bufo, I. You could look it up, and those are the medicines that I'm aware of. And are any of them, are most of them illegal to just use without, like, you have to go out of country for most of this? Or I I know, like, marijuana, certain states um, have that legalized. But are most of these things that people would have to travel my understanding would be, I know like even in some states too, like psilocybin, you know, and as far as with the marijuana, as far as there are churches here with plant medicines, I know for the ayahuasca, um, I'm unfamiliar with the um, aboga. Now, as far as the bufo or the combo, I don't know that there's any um, anything as far as if that's classified as anything. Okay. But for sure, you know, I, I recommend, I, I personally do everything legal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, but again, it's the fact that the government thinks it has 
anybody's, you know, best interest at heart with trying to control sacred sacraments to me is just disgusting. But that's you're a whole just so another disgusted <laughs> by the government. I, love I am disgusted by the government. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, do some research. But um, again, there are there are legal churches um, that you can. You so know, that's probably the best way is fine. And you would be the person like if somebody wanted to reach out to you or direct message you on Instagram or something to say, I want to do some of this one, they could go to your retreats and, but that's more specified in like, what are, I guess, what are the different variety of retreats that you offer? Yeah. I don't really promote my retreats cause they're always blocked. <laughs> um, I always have a waiting list. Um, but the, I, I put it out there kind of to a close circle and then it's just like, okay, it's full. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, if you want to, you can always email, I think my email is going up on y'all stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, sovereign temples, if you are interested in any type of our retreats, um, that we have sending me an email, I get overwhelmed sometimes on Instagram and Facebook okay. with messages. Um, just with all the different things that I do. Um, so yeah, the best way if you were like serious about that, or I could recommend if you were wanting to go out of country, I could recommend um, somebody that I definitely trust and people, you know, that I would say, hey, this is a, a good, safe space, you know, versus like, I don't know anybody, or you're just going to Google online and right. you know, take a That's bus down to Peru. Sure. Um, so yeah, I could definitely send some recommendations. But most of the tr retreats, like walk us through what... Um, the like a I guess a basic there's the breath work retreat always always that's always a that's part a of medicine it. in itself oh, okay. yeah for sure and then what other things I guess maybe a day in the life of one of your retreats would yeah be. so um, a lot of people like to prepare if um, so sometimes retreats um, I do have um, uh, somebody a shaman that comes in to do large groups. Um, and uh, she is amazing. And if we're going to be doing plant ceremony, then a lot of people do combo up to that. So combo people will be coming and we do yoga. We do our breath work um, depending on different day. There's a lot of downtime at these retreats too for the community of people coming together. Um, a lot of nature hikes, um, you know, just, just gathering. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people are doing the combo building up to that. Um, there's a lot of purging that can go on when you're doing, as you say, the frog venom, um, sweet, precious frog. Um, and it's purging, uh, any stag stagnation that might be around to prepare for that. And yeah. then you have a night of ceremony that you go into ceremony it usually starts about seven ish, um, that prepares and you'll go all, all night. Um, like awake all night, pretty much. And that's just like, <laughs> like a plant medicine induced kind of everybody's in their own own bubble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so everybody has their own situation. Now there are people that are used to drinking um, the the plants. You'll have some where it's a, a big party and like essentially social, yeah. so it's it's drumming, it's chanting, it's yes. singing, you know, he I, needs this. <laughs> I feel like the first experience is best in a laying. This is me speaking from personal testimony from what I've heard. Your higher self knows better than I do for you. But, um, what I recommend is being first in a very, um, in your bubble, laying down and going through your process, allowing that integration to happen for yourself. And then once you become very aware that nothing's real, it doesn't matter. It's all handled in this beautiful thing of form. Um, and you can be a lot more fluid versus trying to figure out, whoa, what's going on? 
mm-hmm. um, then that's where like the music, the drumming, the chanting, you know, you just and you're let just your in body loose. Yeah, you do. Yes. Um, <laughs> ecstatic <laughs> dancing can be part of our retreat sometimes. It's also kind of different based on who I have coming. I have a network of a lot of beautiful um, facilitators in their own yeah. niches. And so based on who's coming, I say, hey, are you coming to fully receive or do you want to offer your services? And so if they want to mm. offer their services too, that kind of also dictates about what will go on at my retreats. Gotcha. Is there fornication, like where people are like so free that they're like, <laughs> there, we do have couples. So and, I've not seen any type of fornication okay. <laughs> at my retreats. No, okay. not yet at question. least. Yeah. Um, okay. So right, don't come if you're looking for that. This is not the place <laughs> for that. Um, so because my brother was, he was been asking me for a while, and I think I asked Morgan. She sent me your information mm-hmm. a couple months ago for the ayahuasca because he's been wanting to do that, but didn't know, you know, how to. So, do you guys, for new people, kind of is it walk like a walk through where you steer the person um, with thoughts or with words, or do you, is it is it a lot of silence and just let the mind? There's silence. There can be music. Um, I've done um, some of my favorite is, you know, if it's a nice night, uh, you just do a, a jungle, jungle sounds, you know, yeah. of, uh, just letting nature's uh, violin play. Oh, yeah. The monkeys and the frogs. <laughs> so it just really depends. It's all so different. My biggest thing would say, like, don't have any expectations about it or somebody else's experience or journey. Because it's never the same, you know, everybody's so individual um, on what they experience. Now, the one thing is profound healing that people, you know, can say, but it's still different for everyone. That's what I was wondering. Should you go in with an intention? Like I I want to, you know, heal or I want to make more money or I want to reverse depression. Should you have an intention or should people have an intention with this? Yeah, I think I think the intention is can be as simple as help. <laughs> my intention is just to receive help, you mm-hmm. know, or, or to have healing. Uh, my intention is just for the experience. But yeah, I don't. I, I try not to get too wrapped up in the control of the experience, right? Because it's when we're trying to control things of that experience. It it has its own life that it wants to express, and so it's just about being like this witness of it and this experience versus trying to, you know, control it all. And there's some uh, people that are very, very strict with with how it goes, with diet, with uh, no sex for two weeks, 30 days prior, um, to have anybody else's energy inside you. There's a, a lot of different um, facilitators have different rules. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't like a lot of rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the individual can trust their higher self. I do talk with people and I say, Hey, look, every morning, you know, leading up to this, I want you to sit in meditation and to ask, you know, to set an intention of what do you need to be shown in order to prepare to coming to this sacred ceremony and allowing each individual to be able to, and I think that that's what needs to happen in general in life is we need to get still and ask ourselves and listen and be willing to trust the divine guidance that comes to us individually because everybody's different, you know? Mm-hmm. So I got a two-part question. Um, what what's your or what would be your top three to five things that a person should do daily, almost like a routine or something for their health or you know, something there? And then what does your day look like? What, what does a day or a week look like for you now? That's so different. 
Uh, every day. Um, so smile. <laughs> you can okay, wake like up that. with a smile and just gratitude mm-hmm. that you get another one. It's awesome to be informed. Like you came to earth, like to have a good time, right? Earth is fun. Mm-hmm. So smile, um, for sure. Intentional breathing, like just to start your day off with a couple of, and just to embody your body. That would for sure be, uh, for sure the way to start. Um, you know, just drinking a glass or two of water, change your life <laughs> for sure water, yeah i'm big I mean, on the water two, thing right two, now two glasses honestly people do not drink that much water it's mind-blowing i i was barely drinking water and i was telling everybody like hey how's your water intake and i'm like man my water intake's not good <laughs> right so and it just set it by your bed like set it on the side of your bed i personally like to bless my water um i believe that i can bless my water um i don't know if you guys have ever followed dr moto's work yep but i'm the japanese stuff. yes yes yeah, big believer in that yep. so bless your water drink your water and talk to your plants talk to your plants but like relax it's not that serious. Nothing, you know, it's yep. like relax, have fun affirmations. I'm big into as well. And mm-hmm. I like to do a meditation too. I, I like to go ahead of myself. I call in my ascended master friends, my family of light to my higher self to go ahead and prepare the way ahead for me. And I just asked to stay divinely connected to my higher self all day. Um, yeah, and to be of the highest service and the highest good of all. And that's mm-hmm. that's really it. And have fun. Laugh a lot. Stay lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Ain't that serious. Great. <laughs> Love it. And you're, in your day or week, like with the work that you're doing, since it's still pretty, you got a variety of stuff, being a pastor, you're still doing retreats. What's like a general week look like for you? Well, I was just frolicking on the beach for majority of my weeks. I just got back from Florida. We just got some real estate in Florida. Nice. Um, but... Every day is so different. Um, I I really am a present moment person. I'm not scheduled. I'm not a scheduled person. Mm. They say that scheduling will set you free. I've not yet experienced uh, that schedule yet. Maybe one day. Um, Tuesdays, I am... But you do... I should say you do show up on time, though. I do, yes. Because you were here earlier than most of our guests. Oh, really? I'm an on-time person. I respect people's time, you know, just because I like mine to be respected. Um, But... It, whatever kind of comes to me of like, hey, this is what I've gotten really good at asking myself in a present moment, what do I need to do right now? You know, and it's like, I do have these goals and I do have these visions, but it's, I also am beginning to realize that the present moment is all that I have. And if I can just stay tapped into that and ask questions in that moment of what do I need to do next? What do I need to do right now? What do I need to do right now? And I'm honestly just guided. And sometimes it's as simple as you need to go for a walk right now. Mm-hmm. Take a nap. I mean, you need to go to the grocery store versus the post office. I'm talking like simple daily things like that. Just listen to innate intelligence. But I I spend a lot of time, you know, connecting. Um, I do, I'm working a lot on um, recording meditations and stuff right now. Um, So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of whatever I'm guided. My dog dictates a lot of what I do based on how much he wants to snuggle. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, and it depends too. Like, am I spending time with my husband? Um, Are we together? Are we traveling? So, yeah. It's it's all it's all different, honestly. Yeah. I don't have there's yeah, there's no schedule going on. 
<laughs> which is a, ni- a nice thing. I think a lot of people dream of a scenario where they don't have to be on a schedule. For And that's the power of residual income. Mm-hmm. I, I, I pray that everybody finds some way to produce residual income in their life. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's freedom, ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Lastly, talk to us. Like, So you're big on femininity. I guess not the feminist movement. Yeah. Tell us the difference in that and kind of what you're. So I believe the divine feminine Christ energy is rising right now to be balanced with the divine masculine. And when there's a divine union, that's something very different than trying to strip men of their masculinity. Right. Which is what the feminist movement has been about Mm -hmm. is stripping men of masculine. Um, And there's also been so much patriarchal. Um, rule as well within the church, you know, like I believe that Mary Magdalene was the lover of Jesus, not the whore, the prostitute, you know? Um, and I believe a lot of others that feel that way too. The, the doctrines that were stripped from the Bible, how many times it's been translated and all of those things. It's like, I believe that that was patriarchal to control a lot of things and so that's what I'm into is really being this divine feminine Christ leader and really reconnecting to the Holy Mother. And even something as simple as like, we only use the word the Holy Father, the Father, the Son, right. and the Holy Spirit. It's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's like where this idea that we come from women, we're birthed from the womb. And I know that God is a masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And if anything, that dark space, that womb space, that nothing that everything comes from, to me, is that feminine energy. And it's people that feel separate from the Holy Mother that has caused much of what we see through rape consciousness and the war consciousness, this child molesting, you know, all these things that are rising that right. used to be like, oh, that's this, that's not happening. The pedophilia, it is. Right, right. <laughs> you know, at a very, it is shocking level to our innocence when you learn about what's really happening. But again, I feel it's because people feel separate from divinity. They feel separate from one another. They feel separate from their holy mother. And so it's like bridging that. So when I say divine feminine, that's more so what I'm meaning, but not to be above the divine masculine. It's to create this union because, oh my gosh, a divine masculine that can support the feminine, like, you know, nobody's business, that divine masculine energy. So it's just bringing together that union that I feel has been stripped, especially through the traditional um, churches. So, and we talked about this a little bit, but you're, you have, you've essentially created your own religion. Essentially. Sort of. So you're, you're, (laughs) you're not Christian. No. Or Catholic. No. Although you use a lot of references that I guess the Christian community would use. For sure. Um, and then how did you come to your own separate, like, did you take par- the parts that you liked yeah. from certain things and then put it into your own separate <laughs> exactly. area? Exactly. Um, yeah, I have. And I, I, I've stepped into communion with my family of light, with Ascended Masters, with Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and people like Joan of Arc, these en- energies, you know, Green Tara, White Buffalo Woman, like these these women that were human that have ascended that if you ask, they will come offer guidance, right? People might want to put me in a loony bin. That's fine. (laughs) Um, It's working. Um, But I believe in direct communion with divinity, with ascended masters, with Jesus, with Buddha, 
with, you know, Mahabhatar Babaji. It's like, so to, to couple that in, and we do use a book. Um, so I do use, um, you know, there's some references of Jesus's words in, in the Holy Bible that I absolutely do subscribe to in terms of like what he taught, um, especially like the kingdom of heaven is within, you know, and come to me all those like little children and the kingdom, you're going to see it like staying that childlike heart that's curious and open and ready and doesn't have all these judgments and, you know, there's, there's certain things like that, but I also do 13-week sacred circles um, of a Sophia Code. Um, that's a book and really what I consider a, a doctrine for me. And so I lead 13 um, circles on that. And if you go to um, stofgod.org, that's on there as well, too. Um, and then we do like inner communions where we don't preach in the church. We take time where we gather and we do individual direct inner communion. It can be guided but it's you and divinity. There's nobody that can can take you to divinity more than you can. There's nobody, there's no pastor, you know, pastor. I remember lying in confession. <laughs> I remember being a kid, being forced to go to confession and lying in it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it, what you lied about? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> a lot of things. A lot of things. Cleaning your room. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, the father will forgive you now. And if you do these many Hail Marys and you repent and repent and, you know, oh, if you masturbate, you're going to hell. I mean, to tell a child that if they masturbate, that they're going to hell is insane. (laughs) And I was like, this is not for me. So masturbation is totally acceptable in our church. You can masturbate. Um, You can be in touch with your sexuality. Sexuality is sacred. It's holy. It's a power. And I feel like people get so off track and we see all this stuff of the abuse of it because it's been so suppressed versus seeing for the beauty that it is. And it's used to control. Mm-hmm. It's been used by the church to control, hence where, you know, the divine feminine kind of what I mean by that as well, too, because I mean, what's more powerful than a woman's sexuality? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Good know, pointless. so, right. So, um, yeah. So, so you, and it's, I mean, kind of by the way that you use your words, it sounds like you probably have the Catholic community, Christian community, and Buddhist community all just up in arms somewhat. (laughs) I love you all. Come, come gather with us. It's all good. But the thing is, is if I don't feel like there's anything wrong with any of those or even those are fault, if that leads someone to divinity and living a peaceful, joyful, happy, connected life, then it is the path. Mm -hmm. It is the path for them, you know? So there is no... But what I do find is that people are still suffering. People are, you know, judging and all these things of themselves. And so I'm like, if you don't, if you feel like maybe there's something missing or you haven't maybe necessarily experienced that in inner communion at a really high level, like maybe experience like meditation with prayer. But I mean, we welcome all names of divinity, all backgrounds, all like even, you know, if you read, if you do read my webpage, um, I think people are expecting more of a Christian uh, service. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, because I do, you know, I do work so much with Jesus, but it's, I, and I went kicking and screaming to birth something like this, you know, and I lost a lot of business, like being a network marketer, I had a large Christian following and I lost a lot of business, but it, it didn't matter. I received his invitation to do something like this. And I said, yes, you know, mm-hmm. he made, he makes irresistible invitations. Um, so, <laughs> and so here it is, you know, yeah. so it's like, I guess, you know, it comes from Jesus for me and my higher self, but it's definitely not aligned with a traditional. 
It's definitely, I'm definitely considered blasphemous in the church. <laughs> Very high level. <laughs> and you work with people that, that are going through addiction and trying to beat that. Yes. Can you speak to that just for a minute? For sure. So alcohol is the one that got me, mm. um, alcohol. And by the grace of God, n- no other drugs. I, I Thank you, God. Um, but alcohol for sure did. And I, I was to the point where I could always quit it. But there was a craving. There was a chemical craving that it was obsessive thinking. And I would use meditation. I would do all of that. And I could, you know, use my willpower. But it was a hell on earth to fight off the cravings. And one day I dropped to my hands and my knees and I said, God, please take this craving. It is the craving that is my disease. And so I got on Amazon and I thought I was going to watch documentaries of people that just ruined their life from out. And I was living a good life, you know, at this point too. I mean, millions of dollars, mm-hmm. time frame, you know, which the, uh, idle hands can be the devil playground sometimes too. Um, but it was just like, I had been sober for like almost 90 days, but I knew I was going to not make it much longer. And I'd done a year before and all that. And so, okay, let me just watch people that have ruined their lives through alcohol by, by a little bit more time. The cravings are so obsessive for anybody who's ever dealt with it. They know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, and so it, a documentary, finally, the, the second or third one that I watched, it was called One Little Pill. And it was by Claudia Christian. And I can't remember which movie she's been in, but she's a famous actress. And it was... You literally rewire. Now, this is where I I believe medicine, right? Medicine came in and it's called the Sinclair method. Now, the Sinclair method is where you take one little pill, one to two hours before you drink. Always, you must be compliant with it. And what happens is it's an opiate blocker and it begins to block the sensation that was built with alcohol that has that craving that has been built in your neurological pathways. It's almost like the Pavlog theory where eventually, you know, you hit the thing yeah. and the dog yep. starts salivating. Yep. And so if you, so alcohol begins to get associated with that and you literally rewire at the chemical level, your association of alcohol going into your body because you are blocking it with the receptors. Eventually alcohol will quit you. I have no cravings whatsoever for alcohol. Um, I, I did bring a, a book. It's called The Cure for it's called The Cure for Alcoholism. Nice. Leave this with you guys. But um, yeah, so if anybody you ever know that's suffering, you can watch One Little Pill. Go to onelittlepill.com or you can actually get this book where it's called The Cure for Alcoholism. Now, this is music to an alcoholic's ears, somebody with alcohol use disorder, because you can still drink. What? <laughs> so <laughs> in AA... You, it can never touch you right, again. Never, right. It can never touch your lips again. Now, I'm not telling somebody who's had years of sobriety right. <laughs> and does not drink, here, to, do this method. I'm talking to the person, though, and why do so many people relapse on alcohol? It's it, AA literally has a 5 to 10% success rate. Mm-hmm. This has over 78%. And I believe it would be even higher if people would do mindfulness and things like that and right. give it more time. Um, I think that my, uh, within six months, I was basically, they call it extinction. And that's where you no longer crave alcohol. But I consider myself in remission because I would never drink alcohol ever again without taking the pill. It's called naltrexone. Now, naltrexone, there's no money in it. Hence, why right. it is not, this should they be first line treatment it, right? for alcoholics. Yes. It's cruel to not use it because it takes your craving. And that's even why somebody can have 10 years of sobriety, 
but then they fall back. It's because that craving is so, it consumes you. And, and then it's like, you'll stop going out with family and friends right. because you just can't be around it because it's, it's obsessive. It's an obsessive thought where you're physically craving it. And I'm not talking physical, like you're going to have seizures. I'm talking, I could go a year without it. What was that craving? And it was a chemical pathway. And so this completely changed it. Um, I'm, you know, for new year's was the last time I drank, I had, you know, a couple glasses of champagne and that was it. And it's like, so I can drink if I want, but I really just have no desire to even right. have it in my life at all anymore. And you take the pill before I, it's still every time. A hundred percent. Yep. I would, I will never let alcohol touch my lips again, ever, ever, ever without that pill. But I'm pretty sure I'll go completely sober to where, cause I was like, I guess I'll drink for new year's. And then after I was like, eh, it's just, I can't be bothered right. by it. It's, yeah. And that's, crazy is somebody wild. who fought addiction with alcohol for so long. It just becomes extra calories that don't right? do anything. I know. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> That's good. Well, so, so then is there anything that you want to um, kind of end with or any, what's, what do you do promote. for fun, promote, talk about? <laughs> well, it's this for sure. If you want to do meditation plus this powerfuldrinking.com. Um, but what I, yeah, promote sdofgod.org if you want to get connected. Um, and yeah, if you ever want to come to our inner communions, um, I absolutely love, you know, our, my network marketing, um, isogenics that I do. I'm obsessed with those products. If you mm -hmm. want to get next, but you can just yeah, message how do, me. How do they reach you on that? Or just, maybe tell them you're in, in, on Instagram or on yeah. email. Um, so you can do the email or you can just message me at Casey, um, Pluff, which is at Casey Pluff on Instagram or Facebook. I think it's Casey Christine Pluff on Instagram or the email that's listed if you want to learn more about those. Cool. But yeah, that's it. All right. Well, we know you're a busy person. We appreciate all your time here <laughs> yes, today. Thank you. Thank you. Here, so right. thanks, guys. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it. 